lives changed, uh, testimonies of students who um, just God was doing so much in their life over the last week, God speaking to them. Raina and I got a chance to be uh, the boys and girls uh, head cabin leader this past week, and so we would go through their rooms and check them uh, during the day, and they would have to clean up, make sure that they're sweeping the floor, you know, making up their bunk and all that kind of stuff, and so we would go through and check them, and a few of the cabins uh, had uh, prayer walls where the, there were just things that they would post sticky notes on the wall of what the kids were praying for. And we went through one morning and all the kids had taken those sticky notes and they had written out testimonies of what God was doing in their life. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and um, had one testimony that was sent to me yesterday of this girl who, uh, 17 years old, who had been to camp this past week, um, had a horrible, horrible story of Growing up with her mom and dad were just addicted to meth. Um, she had had to go live with her grandmother on one side. Her brother and sister had to go live with grandmother on the other side. And so this family was all split up. The dad had, had abused the mom. Um, and so the family was just torn apart. And in the middle of all this, this girl's writing in, in her testimony that, um, that she tried to take her life. She took an entire bottle of pills just try to just go to sleep and never wake up again. And uh, she, she woke up to have uh, the police in a room and paramedics in a room, and uh, they revived her. And um, she said she came to camp this past week, and it was, uh, it was on Tuesday night. The, the pastor preached this message. He gave out little puzzle pieces and talked about giving God the pieces of your life back. And she said that night she took that puzzle piece and she gave it back to God back to Jesus and that her life uh, is just is just changed and that she has experienced just renewed hope and and freedom and redemption and so uh, I, I just it broke down just just you know reading that last night again and I sent that uh, to our camp director just so he could make sure that the camp speaker got a chance to to see that but there's just stories of kids and so I am a proponent of, of youth camp I am a product of, of youth camp where uh, some of the most pivotal decisions that I've made uh, when it comes to my spiritual walk were made at camp because uh, I was I was there with a bunch of kids just like me who had issues just like me and you know what we were kids and and uh, we got in a place where we would decide hey God what do you want to speak to us this week and so this message really comes out of that this the last two weeks of, of camp for me and so I, w I want us to, to look in John chapter 5. Now, this past week, there was a guy that I worked with. His name is Sam. Sam's a good dude. He works at another church uh, across the state. And uh, Sam worked as our maintenance guy. And so Sam, uh, he came pulling up on a gator. Anybody know what a gator is? One of them big, big yeah, little four-wheel drive uh, things. It's, it's a lot of fun to drive. So he's got this gator that he's zooming around camp with. And uh, I noticed that he parks it in a strange way. Because uh, he came through one day, and, and I, I had my golf cart that I pulled up, and he came through, and he, he pulled up right in front of me so he could try to get out. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, well, I have to park in such a way where I can move forward and get out. He's like, because I can't go in reverse. Uh, the, uh, the reverse is burned out on the gator, and so I can only go forward. And, uh, and I got to thinking about that. I, I thought, you know what, that's actually not a bad thing, right? Uh, I think for many of us in our life, uh, there's too many times we're tempted to back up. There's too many times that God has done something in our life 
and we're tempted, and, and there's that temptation, that, that almost that uh, silent seduction of backing up to the place that God has brought us from. And so that's kind of what the story is about this morning, is this idea of moving forward. And so I want us to read here in John chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 1. This is what it says, and it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethsaida, um, which has five roof colonnades. And in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Think about that, 38 years. He'd been paralyzed for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he probably didn't need to have any kind of spiritual insight. If this guy had been there a long time, it was probably evident. It was probably, uh, you know, very obvious to people around him. This guy's been here a long time, knew that he had been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, uh, while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and took up his bed and walked. Now, there was this belief that this pool, uh, there was an angel that would come down and trouble the waters in this pool. And when the waters of the pool were stirred up, that whoever stepped in first would be healed. And so this man, that's why there were a lot of people who were laying around this pool is because this was a place where people expected or thought they would get their healing. And so I'm sure this man being there, he, he expected to get his healing. He expected to get something, and he had been there for a long time because I'm sure that, you know, he, he's trying to get there and trying to get to this pool, but in his condition, he can't. In his condition, there are other people who are more mobile than he is. And so they're able to get to the pool before he gets, he's able to get there. And so Jesus comes through. And if you can imagine just what that's like, that whole conversation is like. And it's always been strange to me uh, that Jesus would come and ask somebody who had been paralyzed for 38 years to ask him, do you want to be healed, right? Wouldn't that seem obvious to us, right? The answer should be an obvious, well, yes, I want to be healed. That's the whole point of me being here, Jesus, at this pool, is for me to be healed. But, you know, sometimes things are not always so obvious. Sometimes things are not always just, you know, what they appear to be. And, and I, I think when we look at this story, I think sometimes uh, what, we, what we think we see, we don't always see. See, Jesus asked the man, that does, does he want to be healed? And Jesus looks with him with compassion. He looks on him with compassion. And I, I think sometimes this question may come across as cold and callous. Do you want to get healed? You know, Almost like Jesus may be kind of curt, but I don't think that's the heart of Jesus. I think the heart of Jesus is always compassion. I think the heart of God is always compassion for people because he sees where they're at. And he sees not only where they're at, but he also sees where they can be. See, that's the, that's the difference between us and Jesus, right? Sometimes we see where we're at, but we can't see where we can be. 
Sometimes we can't see what things could be. We can't envision what life could be without our infirmity, without our setback, without the, the baggage that we carry around. And so this man, I think probably he's been there so long. He's been in this condition for such a long time that it's difficult for him to see life as any different, right? It's probably difficult for him to imagine life any different than what it's been for the last 38 years. And so for him, this is just kind of, it's kind of become old hat for him. He's, he's gotten used to his infirmity. He's gotten used to this, this thing that has plagued his life. And Jesus walks up, and Jesus sees how things can be different. See, that's how God views things, right? God looks at us and says, it could be so much different. When, when, when I'm looking at the altars and these kids in youth camp and they're just crying out their heart and I see, and as, as a pastor, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, man, there's so much potential here. There's so much potential in these students, but sometimes they don't see it. Sometimes they don't believe it about themselves. They don't believe that their story can be different. They don't believe that their story can be great. They don't believe their story can be amazing. And then there's times I'm just looking, I'm saying, man, please don't buy the lie. Don't sell yourself short. Because I believe that when God looks at us, God always sees what can be. God always sees what we can become and not just what we are. And I think that's why Jesus, when he looks, Jesus looks with compassion. And Jesus is able to look with compassion and not just see his infirmity, but he sees his potential. He doesn't just see his problem. He sees his potential. And so Jesus comes to him and, and Jesus is looking. He says, I see it. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see what you can be? Do you envision what life can be like for you? And I believe that Jesus, when he steps down and he begins to ask him this question. Now, this is one thing that I've told you before, and I always want to remind you of this. Anytime that God asks you a question, it's not because he lacks information. Are we clear on that? Right? Anytime that you see God... In the Bible, asking a question, it's not because he lacks information. And when Jesus looks at this man and asks him, do you want to be made well? It's not because Jesus really, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus knows. He gets it. Actually, sometimes what we, what we lack is the motivation. And I think that's what Jesus really is, is stepping into. It's not that Jesus lacks information. It's that this man now lacks the motivation. And so he's looking at this man. He's saying, listen, hey, do you really want to get well? He's like, because it goes far beyond your legs. It goes far beyond just what I want to do to you physically. It goes far beyond what I want to do in, in your extremities. It goes into your heart and into your life and everything else that you can become. And it's not just about you walking out of here. It's about you walking out of here in freedom. And it's about you walking out of here in victory. And it's about you sharing that with someone else. And so we see that this question gets asked to this man, do you want to be well? And how does the man, how does, he, how does he respond? What does he do? He does like the rest of us, right? Well, Pastor Ryan, you know, you know you're a little bit overweight. You know, you could do something about that. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've tried to get to the gym, and I've tried. What do we do? We immediately begin to give excuses. There's a bike ride coming up 
um, in November where uh, the orphan run, maybe some of you guys saw that the orphan run uh, we were raising money for this past week at our camps. Uh, they actually will do an orphan ride in November where they're riding across the state. So they'll start uh, at, at the uh, Alabama state line and they'll ride all the way to Brunswick on a, on a bike. And one of the pastors that's doing it, he was at the funeral yesterday that I was at, and he asked me, he says, how are you going to ride? And I begin to immediately give my excuses of why I couldn't ride, right? I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, I don't have a bike. And Raina's sitting right there beside me. She said, yeah, you have a bike. Well, hush, hush. Nobody's asked you. Stop chiming in, right? And then I had to tell Raina, you know, it was like, well, Raina, listen, you really don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I have a bike, but it's a mountain bike, right? It's not a road bike, so I can't ride on that road from Alabama to Brunswick, right? So, see, that's my problem right there, right? And so uh, I'm giving my excuses. I, I begin to give my excuses of why I can't participate in this ride for orphans, right, for such a good cause. I'm coming up with every excuse in the book. And that's what we do. That's what we do. And, and sometimes God stands in our face and says, do you really want to get well? Do do you really want to address what's in your life? Do, do you really want to deal with what's going on in your heart? Do you really want to unpack all this baggage that you've been carrying around from person, from relationship to relationship, from place to place, all these things that you've carried around? Do you really want to deal with this stuff? Because I see what you can be. And the man's like, well, you know, when, when I, I've been like this for a long time, and, you know, it's just, I, 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 just have, I don't have anybody to help me. You know, and it's, it's amazing, right, because he's got the most helpful person that he will ever meet, the most helpful person that has ever walked planet Earth standing in front of him, right? And it's like, well, I don't have anyone to help me, and, it's, and we give our excuses. What's your excuse, right? This is not Catholic confessional. I'm not asking you to tell me today. This is a rhetorical question. You know, what is your excuse? What is that excuse that you carry around and you keep it in your back pocket? And so when somebody asks you the questions that they ask you, what is that excuse that you pull out? Well, here it is. This is my, my list of why I can't. This is my why I don't. This is why it will never happen. What is that for you? What does that look like for you? And so if Jesus was standing in front of you this morning, and he is, not me, right? But he's here, and he's asking you the same question. Do you want to get well? What is the thing that's plagued your life? Maybe it's plagued your life for a few months. Maybe it's been for a, a few years. Maybe it's been like this guy for 38 years. You've carried it around. What is it that you've carried around? What is this thing that you've, you've carried around and it's just been just day after day, just month after month that has been this weight for you? And what is the excuse that you give? See, he says, I have this issue. Well, you have an issue, yeah, but now you have excuses. Right? See, that's what we do. We add excuses to our issues. Anybody? We have issues, right? Everybody's got an issue at some point. 
But what we do is we add excuses to our issues. So we compound it. And it's like, well, I have this thing, and I, we, we, we lay in with, with our excuse. So I have this issue, and now I have this excuse. We learn to compensate for our shortcomings, uh, and we get used to our circumstances. And this is just something I want you, want you to understand is this. Familiar is the enemy of faith. With what you're familiar with is going to be the enemy of what God wants you to take on as faith. What you're used to is going to be an enemy of that thing that God wants you to step into. See, because we get used to where we're at. We get used to life. We get used to our, our, our saddlebags, basically, the things that we're just, just uh, laden with, our baggage, and that becomes familiar for us. And that's where this guy was at. This guy was in a familiar place with everything he had always dealt with for 38 years. And I love what Jesus did. It was, it was several years ago. I was reading this passage. It was actually back in, in college. And the one thing that really kind of stood out to me was this. In this story is that when Jesus asked him this question, and he says, do you want to be healed? And the guy says, well, you know, I got all this stuff. And what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? He, he tells him this. He says, And Jesus said to him, Get up. Take up your bed and walk. See, Jesus could have just said, Hey, you want to be held, healed? Get up. He didn't have to say anything about the bed. Why did Jesus say anything about the bed at all? Why was the bed, even in the conversation, because that was what was familiar to him. That was his place of comfort. That was his place. You know what? I have this issue, and so I always retreat back to this place that I've always uh, come to. And so this is where I'm at. That's what he was used to. That was what he, he was familiar with. And sometimes what, we'll, what we are familiar with is an enemy to what God wants to do in our life. Because we're used to it, and, and we, we, you know, we're okay. I know we've, we've kind of learned to live with this. We've kind of learned to live with this problem. We've kind of learned to live with this addiction. We've kind of learned to live with these circumstances. We've kind of learned to live with just bad marriages, and we've kind of learned to just live with stuff. And it's like God's saying, no, want more for you. You were created for more than just to live as a slave to something else. You know, it's interesting to me that if you go read in, uh, in the Hebrew Scriptures, this, this first part of the Bible here that we see, and we call it the Old Testament. If you go read in Deuteronomy, God tells his people, and, and let's go, let's just, just, just read it in, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14. And this is what it says. It says, And when you come to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you possess it and dwell in it, then say, I will set a king over me like all the other nations around me. Next verse. You may indeed set a king over you whom the Lord your God will choose, one from whom your brothers shall set uh, as a king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother. Next verse. You must, uh, must not uh, acquire many horses for himself uh, or cause the people to return to Egypt. Where did he tell them not to go? He said, you can't go back there. 
You can't go back there. You must not cause the people to return back to Egypt in order to acquire many horses. Why, why is he work talking about horses? Because horses at that point in time, that was talking about your military, your military might. So we're going to get our military might from the strength of Egypt. Why is that a problem? Because they're not trusting God. They're starting to trust something else other than God. And since the Lord has said to you, you shall never return that way again. Somebody needs to hear that right there. You shall never return that way again. What God has brought you out of, he does not intend for you to walk that road again and go back to the slavery that you've been in. And the same applies to this man in John chapter 5 when Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to get well? He's like, because you can't go back to that bed anymore. Once I, I, I heal you, once you get up, and once you start walking in strength and in faith, you cannot take that faith and take, take and make your bed back again. So pick that bed up. And take it away because you can't go back to that place. God does not want you to go in reverse. God wants you to move forward. You can't go back. You can't go back. We're reminded in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Can you put that up there? Galatians chapter 5. This is what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's not an American thing. <laughs> it's not an American thing. I mean, we are celebrating freedom today, July 4th, freedom of our nation. That's amazing. But it didn't originate with America. We just borrowed it. And we keep celebrating it. It actually originated with our Father in heaven who says, It is for freedom that I created you. It is for freedom that I set you free from the things that would put you into slavery, from the things that would hold you back from what I want for you. So I see what you can be. I see where you can go. Do you see it? Do you see it? So when Jesus stands in front of the man and says, do you want to get well? Jesus see, sees what his future can be. And Jesus steps him into that. He says, take up your mat and walk. You're healed. And you'll see that Jesus addresses him later in this chapter. He, and it comes back and he says, listen, he says, don't go back. Don't go back to the things you used to be. And he says, don't go back to that. He says, leave your sins. He says, there's something worse may happen to you. And he's not talking about physically. We, we're reminded that, that there are much worse things than physical ailments, right? He's, uh, the Bible reminds us, it says, says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his own soul? What does it profit you if you gain everything, but you know what? You lose the most important thing. And so Jesus helps put it in perspective for him. He says, I've created you to be free. I've created you to walk in freedom, not just physically, but spiritually and mentally, relationally, in a wholesale way. I, I love that idea of shalom, uh, that, that, that word shalom, Jewish word. It's, it just, just means that there's this uh, a completeness, that God just doesn't want to do a work in this man physically. He wants to do an entire work in him from his body, soul, and spirit. And so this morning, the same thing, Jesus steps, steps to you and says, do you want to be well? I want to ask somebody to come play this morning. Do you want to be well? Do you want to confront the issue? You probably know you don't want to confront issues. No, I don't want to deal with my stuff. No, I don't want to deal with the junk that I've been dealing with. No, I don't want to. No, I don't want to do that. But I do want to get well. I do want to get well. I do want to find freedom. So it heads bowed this morning.
who in here would just, you'd say, that's my prayer. That's my prayer. I want to find freedom today. I want to find freedom and I want to find liberty. God bless you if, you're, if, if we celebrate America, but it goes beyond that. Because you can still be an American and be bound by so many things. So your freedom really is not based in, in your nationality. Your freedom is based in your relationship with your Savior. Your, your, your relationship with the Creator. Your relationship with the one who created freedom and liberty in the first place. And so this morning, that question is you is who wants to get well today? Who wants to release that and quit dragging stuff around and say, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going back. God has released me. God has set me free. And it's been too tempting and, and to, to go back to something that I'm familiar with. I'm not going back to old habits. I'm not going back to old patterns of thought that defeat me time after time after time. I'm not going back to believing the lies. I'm not going backward today. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward and I'm taking steps with Jesus. I'm taking steps with Jesus because He's the one that sets me free. He's the one that's created me to be who I am. And I am not going back today. So if that's your prayer this morning, I want you to stand. And we're going to sing this song. And we're going to sing this song and I want you to sing it out. I want, it to, I want you to sing it out not like it's a song on the screen. I want you to sing it out like it's an anthem from your heart. Can we do that? Can we do that this morning? Lead us in this.
Because, Lord, what we're, we're trusting you for is miracles in our hearts, miracles in our families, miracle in our businesses, miracles in our lives. Lord, we're trusting you that you're going to move in us in a free way. And that whatever thing that we've left behind, we're not going back to it. We're not going back to the place that we've been enslaved. Whatever we've been enslaved by, we're going to walk in freedom. And that's our prayer this morning. We pray a prayer of faith, believing, God, that you have given us the authority to tread over demons and devils. You've given us the authority to walk in freedom and liberty. And this morning we receive that. We believe that. We believe that. We take that for ourselves. You paid the price for us to walk in freedom. And Lord, this is our identity. We're no longer slaves. We're no longer those people that we used to be doing those things that we used to do. We're going to leave that behind. We're not going back. We're walking. We're moving forward. So, Lord, walk with us as we know you will lead us as you led your people through the desert. And you led them into the promised land. Lord, walk us into the place that you have prepared for us. Walk us into the places that you have for us. Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to believe you. And even when Satan lies to us, we're just going to start singing this song again. You are our champion. You are our champion. We make this our anthem this morning. We bless you. Amen. 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 Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Come on. 